0: Welcome! You are tuned in to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And yes, this is where the culture meets scripture. I'm so excited. I have an amazing show ahead for you guys. I just want to thank everybody who has been supporting the show. We're only nine shows in, and already I've been getting a lot of great feedback. I'm not even sure of who all is listening to the show. Um, I have witnessed a increase in our ratings and our numbers. And so I, I do want to welcome any new listeners or if this is your first time checking out the show. And you know what, numbers are cool. It's cool, you know, I, I'm, I will, I'm, my goal is to reach as many people as possible. But for you guys who actually know me, you know I, numbers aren't, aren't everything for me. I care more about the impact. And so it's been really cool to hear a lot of you guys feedback on the show. I've had a few of you guys inbox me and write into the website asking questions about things that you may have heard on the show. And I love it. I love it. Also, a lot of you guys have been letting me know how the show has been a blessing to you and that. And that is so encouraging to me. You know, it's so encouraging. You know, I'm not the type of person that cares about numbers or look look for validation in numbers. I care more about an impact. And so when you guys leave feedback and, and things that you're getting from the show for me, that really motivates me to produce more content that's gonna uplift you and challenge you and just edify you in the things of the Lord. So man, I'm excited about today's show. I'm gonna be talking about or asking the question, I should say, have we made music and entertainment greater than sound doctrine in our churches? You know, I really believe that we have a problem with sound doctrine in our churches, and I believe it's something that we lack in a lot of our churches in America. And so when I look at sound doctrine being something that we lack in the churches, I I, I automatically look at what is priority to us in the church and so i'm going to be asking the question and kind of diving into have we made music and entertainment greater than sound doctrine also i want to talk about the effects of coveting the world we as christians coveting after the world and and the effects that that has on us and then lastly i'm going to be talking about or asking the question is it okay for Christian producers to work for the world? And this question was sparked by a post that was just recently made by Christian rapper, The, the Truth. And and so I really want to dive into this question because I, I see it's not because it's trending right now amongst the Christian hip-hop community, but I really think this is a relevant question. And I think this question calls to a deeper issue that i believe we have in the church but listen last episode i dealt with why people leave christianity and out of this i believe comes a harsh reality an unfortunate reality that many of us know church but don't know god you know, I've been in church my whole life and I, and so I know how easy it is to play the part and go through the routine. Some of us are so good at going through the routines of church, but we're not in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Many of us know how to manufacture tongues. We know how to shout. We know how to do the dance. We know all of the worship songs in the gospel songs. And some of us even know how to preach and get amens from the audience. But we live for the devil. We live for our flesh and not the spirit of God. So I begin to think about this and I and I ask myself the question and I'm asking you guys right now, how do we know that we are saved? Like what is our benchmark? How do we know that we are truly saved? Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So in other words, we're not saved by our good deeds. We're not saved by the good things that we do. Romans 10 and nine through 10 lets us know. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now, listen, many of us will say, well, Gabe, I've done this. I'm saved. I know I've done this. I've confessed with my mouth and I believe in my heart. I believe this. But listen, it is important to understand that true faith produces works. And this is this is the part. This is the very important part of this conversation or this topic. James 2 and 26 lets us know that faith apart from works is dead. So in other words, faith without works is actually invalid. And so, in other words, if you are truly saved. There should be. A sign of your salvation like if i'm truly saved i'm not going to continue in sin and so here's a reality and i think this is important to understand as well there is a difference between having works because you are saved and thinking you're saved because you have works I'm going to say that again, because I don't want you to miss this. This is so important. There is a difference between having works because you are saved and thinking you're saved because you have works. What am I saying? In Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 through 23, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven in that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, or in other words, workers of iniquity. In other words, We can't think that we're saved because of the good things that we do. We can't think that we we're saved because we pray for people and that we we preach and we sing gospel songs. But in our in our everyday life, we live for the devil. And so there is a difference between having works because you are saved and thinking you're saved because you have works. And so some of us think that we are saved because of the good things that we do. And really, we don't even realize it. That is a form of self-righteousness. It is literally it is it, it it is making the blood of Christ of none effect of none of none effect in your life. Because if I can do good things and be and be saved and justified by my good deeds, then why did Christ need to die for me? And so some of us have a form of are, are self-righteous and don't even realize it because we, we, you know, some of us are so quick to say, man, I go to church, man. I've been in church my whole life. I preach, you know, I, I preach every third Sunday and I sing in the choir. I'm on the usher board. I've been in church for over 20 years. And we think that our membership saves us. But Jesus says, not everybody that says Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm reminded of second Corinthians chapter 13, verse five, where, where the Bible lets us know or encourages us to examine yourselves. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. He says, test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test. And so what is this test? There should be signs that you're truly saved. Like if you're truly saved, you should be able to look at your life and see that the fruit of repentance. And I think this is the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. And I don't think we in the church talk about the Holy Spirit enough as it relates to the work of salvation we always uh, associate the Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost with shouting and running around the church and swinging from the chandeliers but we don't talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit as it relates to salvation and so Romans 8 and 9 lets us know you however are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if In fact the Spirit of God dwells in you anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him so in other words if we do not have the Holy Spirit we are not saved and when I say have the Holy Spirit I'm not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit I'm talking about the salvation experience every true believer has the Holy Spirit. The Bible lets us know it is the Holy Spirit that seals us Ephesians 1 verse 13 through 14 says in him. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So, in other words, every believer, when they first put faith in Christ, they received the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so what does it mean when we're sealed by the Holy Spirit? That seal represents authenticity or authenticification of our faith it means that we are truly saved it is a security for the believer where the Holy Spirit convicts and leads us and guides us into all truth Romans 8 and 14 says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God and so If we do not have the Holy Spirit we are not truly saved and so back to the point of when Apostle Paul is writing in 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 and 5 and he says examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith he says test yourselves or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test so how can we what is this test we're talking about well if we look at Galatians five. And this is so serious because we do not want to play with our soul salvation. And if you heard episode eight, where I play the interview of Lisa Gunger, and as she talks about her and her husband and how they ended up walking away from the faith. It is a reality that we can be in church our entire life or be accustomed to church and not really have a and not ever have a foundation in Christ. And so this is why I'm talking about this. But Paul says, examine yourselves. And so how do we examine ourselves? Well, Galatians 5, Galatians chapter 5, it lets us know that Um, If we start at verse 17, it says for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh is referring to the spirit of God. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Verse 18. This is important. But if ye are led by the spirit, if ye are led by the spirit you are not under the law or in other words you not you are not a slave to the 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 law and you're not a slave to lawlessness and and so when we look at galatians 5 it lays out the works of the flesh it it lays out the works of the flesh and how if we are if we are living in the works of the flesh or living for our flesh if we're If we are in idolatry, if we're in sorcery, if we have strife in our heart and jealousy in our heart, if we have, if we're getting drunk, if we're involved in witchcraft, the, if we are living in the flesh, Galatians 21 lets us know that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. But true believers are led by the spirit and verse 22 begins to list off the fruit of the spirit. And so if you are truly, truly a believer and you have the Spirit of God in you, the Bible lets us know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control against such the against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ here. And those, this is verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so what am I saying? If you are truly saved, you have crucified the flesh. You are not living in your flesh any longer. You're not living for the desires of your flesh. It doesn't mean that we don't war against our flesh or that we don't It doesn't mean that we we never sin anymore but as a believer because the Spirit of God is in me and he is leading me because my life is not my own I've been bought with a price now I go to war with the desires of my flesh and so how do we know that we're saved we should be at war with our flesh to the glory of God who has purchased us with his blood And so I hope, I hope this brings clarity for you and I, and I pray that it convicts you, encourages you because the Lord loves you and that there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. But when we reject Christ and reject his finished work, the Bible lets us know in John 3, I believe verse uh, 17 and 18, that we are condemned already. And so i I pray this is has blessed you but listen i want to get into the featured song uh for this particular show which is our song steadfast and it is from our latest album everything changes and i'm going to play this and then when we come back we're going to get into the next topic Can't, can't see you even with the eyes open. Pride got us thinking we're whole, not broken. Soften hard hearts so we can see you. There's not a man that doesn't need you. Lord, give me strength, help me steadfast. Can't live for this, it won't last. Reject checked him on earth, yet yeah, expect heaven. We see our vanity. And think blessings. Good is evil and evil is good. Truth is out. Try to stamp with Jesus for real. Watch him call you out. to Timothy be instant in season and out of season. Whether they celebrate you or boo you or give you a beating. They spring tolerance while they're intolerant. Hoping you bow to it. Take the gospel, abolish it. Or greater accomplishment. Take the gospel and alter it. Make it centered around you. See the offering the perfect gets. My Jesus, we praise you. We praise you, Jesus. So how we love you, adore you, Jesus. Until you say, don't sin more and confront the lust that eats us We say we love them, but love our sin Our flesh deceives us, yet they go together like immigrants, Trump and visas Truth is not tolerated while they push ill agendas, denying basic truths of nature like switching genders A unspoken rule, don't talk about what is sin, like God is only loving, won't judge us in the can't end Can't see you even with the eyes open Pride got us thinking we're whole not broken, soften hard hearts so we can see you There's not a man that doesn't need you, 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 you. I'll be an outcast. It don't matter what they say. Just have your way, God. Use me. My God. Help me step fast. My Lord, God. help me step fast. Help me run this race. Keep the pace to the end. Don't give in, God, just use me. Use me. Help My me step fast.
1: God. Lord, help me step fast. Lord, me step fast. When we read your word, I pray we follow through in a day and time where they bottle no truth yeah. look you in the eyes still lie to you flirt with the flames like the fire booth. sit there no don't say a word you speak up enough we sit you on a curse we will honor you keep it clean don't leave a trail get out your lane name Rowan Kill Persecution everywhere, but ain't no use to live in scare. Can uh, you understand that you in there, okay. Can't hold the gospel, gotta share. Yeah. When you let them see your fruit, living in the truth, giving good news, they hating what you do. Looking for a truth, rather rare news, putting up my dudes, stepping off my shoes. Ah. They have one agenda, but different groups. Yeah. They search for peace, but how they get it? Have no clue. Mm. Many antichrists, yeah. living a random life, sure. but they make it a crime when you're showing the standard of the moment you're sharing with Christ. Woo. Ignoring scripture's just to shape our True. Do what makes you happy That's all you hear today They can't quiet us right now I'm in a different space yeah. Look, give me strength to stand If I'm confronted to my face Can't see
0: you even with the eyes open Pride got us thinking we're whole Not broken Soften hard hearts so we can see you There's not a man that doesn't need you I'll be an outcast It don't matter what they say Just have your way God use me this Race, keep the pace to the end. Don't give in, God. Just use me. use me. Help me step fast, Lord. Help me step fast. Yo, I appreciate everyone who has been supporting the Path of Revelation show. Um, I've been getting a lot of you guys asking, Hey Gabe, when is Path of Revelation coming out with new music? When are you gonna be dropping your solo music? And listen, it's most definitely in the works and God willing, it will be happening this year. But to be honest, I've really been on a let's cut the music off and talk about the Bible tip. And it's not that I don't love music and that I'm not constantly creating new music, but I've really been on the tip of let's cut the music off and talk about the Bible because I believe the church has made music and entertainment greater than sound doctrine. And I say this because for some of us, some of our lives don't match the worship songs that we sing and the gospel songs that we sing. And so it comes off as if we're more in love with the art of singing and playing instruments and dancing and courting God on Sunday than we are with actually living our lives for him. Like whether it's consciously or unconsciously done, I believe we we've put we put more emphasis on singing and dancing and preaching styles than what's actually being taught and conveyed. And so what I'm seeing is a lack of sound doctrine begins to affect how we live as Christians and how we view honoring Christ with our lifestyles. You know, I've wondered how we can sing so passionately about God, then turn around and celebrate and collaborate with artists and creatives who glorify sin and glorify the things that contradict our praise and worship on Sunday. And I believe it's because we've made music and entertainment an idol in the church and so as a result I believe we've made a lot of our singers and musicians superstars and celebrities and I can't help but think about Satan before he was tossed out of heaven when he was called Lucifer and the Bible lets us know in Ezekiel 28 that he was the anointed cherub that covers and, and, and the scriptures let us know that he was beautiful and he was covered in all types of diamonds and onyx, jasper, sapphire, and emeralds. And he was covered in all of these amazing stones. And, and the Bible lets us know that he didn't just play instruments, but that he was an instrument. The Bible lets us know that he had tambourines and pipes prepared in his frame when he was created. And so God made him an instrument. And the Bible lets us know that when Satan or Lucifer at the time when he was thrown out of heaven, he wasn't just thrown out of heaven by himself. But the Bible lets us know that he deceived one third of the angelic hosts to follow him. Because he had a desire to be God. And so I believe that we have created a culture in the church of singers who look good, they sound good, they have the right charisma, they know how to perform, but their lives don't match the Christ that they're singing about. And so as a result, the standard for Christian living becomes performance and not lifestyle and I really think this is a result of us coveting the things of the world us having a desire to do what the world does and slap Christian on it you know we've created idols out of celebrity and fame and fortune and worldly recognition those things matter to us so much and some of us And I'm not trying to make anybody angry, but it's just an observation. Some of us get more excited to hear about the Bible from celebrities we don't know than we do from the Christians that we do know that have fruit in their lives. You know, I remember when we all got excited or the church got excited about R. Kelly when he came out with the gospel album and he was singing, I believe I can fly. (laughs) Now everyone's talking about surviving R. Kelly. We got excited about Snoop Dogg doing a gospel album, but Snoop Dogg is still promoting drugs and sex. We got excited about Nicki Minaj collaborating with Tasha Cobbs, and Nicki Minaj is still showing her body and dressing half-naked and promoting sexual perversion and things that literally go against what it means to be a believer and it's not that these stars or celebrities don't deserve grace that's not what I'm saying but I believe our our thirst for fame and when I say our I'm talking about us as believers I believe our thirst for fame and money causes us to enable them and those that follow them I think we're too busy being starstruck that we can't even be effective witnesses. And I think it's because we covet their fame. We covet their money. We covet their lives. We covet their praise and their approval. We covet their cars. We covet their houses. We covet their stages. We covet their awards. And some of us get upset because we feel like man i'm a christian and i'm living for god and i don't have these things while they're doing any and everything and they're living better than i am and so we begin to compare ourselves to the world and we view what they have as more as of more value than what we actually have in christ jesus And listen, I I never want to come off as putting myself on a pedestal. Listen, I'll be the first to tell on myself. There's been times I've been guilty of coveting after the success of the world, looking at non-believers and see and seeing the success that they're having. You know, and, and thinking like, man, they have a better house than me. They have more money in their bank account than me. They live in a better neighborhood than me and they don't even serve God. Some of these people are the most wicked people. They're, they cheat on their wives. They're mean to people. They cheat in business dealings and their moral compass is terrible. And they have no regard for the things of God. And I'm like, man, why they're doing better than me, though. And so I want to talk about the effects of coveting after the world. And then in and, and, and the effects that it has on us as believers. And so I'm reminded of Psalms 37, verse 1 through 10. Get this. This is so important. Psalms 37. David is writing and he says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. He says, don't be envious of wrongdoers. In other words, don't be jealous of the world. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. In other words, you do what you're supposed what you know to do. Don't, don't look, don't look at the grass but. Be- as being greener on the other side. He says that that's gonna fade away. What you have is of more value. Verse four, he says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. And he's stressing this. Y'all listen to this. He says, fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. So in other words, get this, don't miss this. He's saying when you begin to covet after what the world has, or when you begin to covet what evildoers have, you'll actually begin to compromise what you believe to get what they have. In other words, you'll actually become an evildoer yourself as a result of coveting their things or their 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 perceived success verse 9 says for the evildoers shall be cut off but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land in just a little while the wicked will be no more though you look carefully at his place he will not be there in other words this is this goes into what I talked about on last episode how we have to make sure We're setting our affection on things above and not things on this earth as Colossians three and two talks about and how the Bible talks about how life is but a vapor, how we as Christians sometimes can get so caught up in this life, which is only temporary, that we begin to neglect what is eternal and eternity, which is never ending and forever. This life is just a portion or just not even a speck of our existence. Eternity is forever. And listen, I know when I'm coveting after the worldly success and coveting and comparing myself to others, I know it's because I'm distracted. I know it's because I'm not praying like I should. I'm not reading my word like I should. I'm not consecrating myself. I'm not chasing And seeking after the face of God like I should you can't be grateful for what God has done and is doing in your life when you're busy comparing yourself to others you can't covet after others things and covet after the world and truly be grateful and content first Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 through 11 says but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world but if we have food and clothing with these we will be content but those who desire or covet to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, in other words, into a trap, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Man, this is powerful. Philippians chapter four. I hope this is ministering to you because it is ministering to me. Philippians chapter four, verse eight says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so this is why it's so important for us to be renewing our minds as believers and thinking and meditating on the goodness of God. What did God save you from? What did God heal you from? What did he pull you out of? Being content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Man, we have to realize what we have in Christ. And listen, it's nothing wrong with wanting nice things. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong with wanting to be rich or wanting to have a nice house and a nice car. As long as those things are not more important than Christ. See, the issue of what what I'm dealing with isn't isn't the desire for those things. It's when those things become more important than God. And so it's nothing wrong to desire nice things as long as those things don't become an idol. And, and I think that's the that's the heart of what I'm dealing with now. A lot of times we we covet and we're jealous of others. Because we have created idols in our hearts. Um, we have esteemed these things more than God. And so it's nothing wrong with desiring those thing, these things as long as God is more important than them in your life. And so if you are in Christ Jesus, you are blessed, whether you live in a mansion or live in the projects. You are blessed whether you drive, a Rolls Royce or a hoopty, You are blessed whether you have kids or you don't have kids because you have been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. And we are joint heirs with him. We are a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. You are blessed. And so we don't have to covet after the things of the world when we truly understand the riches and the glory that we have in Christ. I'm reminded of Romans 8 in verse 18. It says the sufferings of this present aren't even to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. Man, this life is but a vapor. Man, we have to, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Man, we... Man, we, we can't afford to be distracted. And this is why we need each other, man. I don't know about you. I need fellowship. I need, I need solid brothers in my life. I need accountability. I need, I need fellow believers that will encourage me to, to stay focused on, on, on the mark and pressing towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. We need each other. We need to be praying for each other. And we need to be focused because there are plenty of distractions, but we do not have to be fearful. We don't have to be fearful of the of the tactics of the enemy, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. I pray this has blessed you. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with the eyes open pride got us thinking we're whole not broken soften hard heart so we can see you there's not a man that doesn't need you i'll be an outcast it don't matter what they say just have your way god use me help me step fast lord help me step fast help me run this race so is it okay for christian producers To work for the world like is it should it be considered just us as Christians doing business should we separate our business from faith or or should our business be guided under the moral compass of our faith or by the moral compass of our faith and so I'm asking this question because Christian rapper the truth recently made a post on social media saying If you are a Christian producer, why would you want to give your music to a mainstream artist who is going to create a song that works against the kingdom of God? Isn't that counterproductive? I'm open. Let's talk. And so if if you're familiar with The Truth's early work, you know this has been a topic he has not been shy about addressing. Like... Um, In in his in the song price tag from his album Open Book, which I believe was released in 2006, the truth goes in on this specific topic. And so I want to play I want to play the third verse. Uh, From the song Price Tag, which is also featuring Trip Lee, where the truth is going in on this topic. Then I'm going to come back and we're going to deal with this topic. And so here's the verse from Price Tag from The Truth off of the Open Book album.
1: used to the Christians that produce for the wicked. And I know some musicians that use their gift in the church. But the same musicians that use their gift in the church produce and play for the wicked, but they call it worship, And they try to justify say that it's just a job. It's the customized line that they use to compromise. Just adjust the knob on your radio. Here we go, another song. This ain't produced, it's produced and lust It's another side to the coin. I know you know where I'm going. This is bigger than trying to stay employed so convinced that it's more, cause if these same producers were writers, they wouldn't write for Playboy, oh boy I know I sound kind of stern, but if they majored in communications, they wouldn't work for Hal Stern, uh-uh. I know they're more concerned about the dollars earned, then they all got glory I ain't talking out of turn, Ooh. when you help the same people that's working against the kingdom, you ain't taking it back by force you make them mad, worse, yeah. and they all try to get off by saying I ain't the star, that's like saying I ain't robbed the bank man, I just drove the car, on, you ain't gotta shoot the ball to put points on the board. All you gotta do is pass to help the other team score. Hey. So even if you on the board, you still guilty as charged on that door. By the way, God didn't open that door. Hey. We trying to show for Christ we
0: live. Okay, so that was The Truth's third verse on the song Price Tag from his album Open Book. And man, I remember, and, and I think this was released again. I, I think I mentioned it was released around 2006. Man, I remember when I first heard this entire album and, and, and specifically remember when I heard this verse and how excited and how encouraged and blown away by this verse that I was because it just confirmed how I felt about this topic. And this was like the first time I had ever heard a Christian rapper speak boldly on this topic and and having grown up in Detroit the gospel music capital I I had become accustomed to seeing Christian producers and musicians one minute playing in the church and producing for gospel artists then the next minute producing for P Diddy or somebody and nobody was saying anything you know you know nobody was bringing any correction or anything You know it was just business as usual and so I'm asking the question is it okay for Christian producers to produce for the world or should it be viewed as just business or should our faith come into play when it comes to this topic should our faith influence our business morale and so a lot of people and I've been just peering at the original post made on Facebook A lot of people who disagree with the truth's position feel we should be past this topic you know I see some people and I've heard people say man we should man we this we should be way past this topic man we've been talking about this topic since 2006 or we've been talking about this since 2003 and you know man when are we going to be done with this and I disagree with that that notion or that that thought process and i disagree for a couple of reasons number one i believe we have to be mature with each other i think the bible encourages us to be patient and to forbear one another in love i think we also have to consider how this topic affects the body of christ and how we view what it actually means to be a christian how it affects what it means to be a witness and also secondly just because this topic may be old to you doesn't mean that it's not new to someone else. Some people, some, some people haven't been saved since 2006 or 2002 or whatever. Some people just got saved two years ago or three years ago. And so what may be old to you may be new to someone else. And if it's an opportunity to give clarity and edify, I think we should take that opportunity. Um, I think it's I think it's immature immature for us to shut down a topic and not at least look and see if there's validity to the argument. We don't do this with any other debate. We don't, you know, the the, the deity of Jesus has been debated for years. You know what I'm saying? I think it's important for us to c- continue to have that conversation about Jesus' deity though. You know, because it's essential to the faith, it affects our belief system. And so I believe uh, thirdly, I believe whenever we attempt to normalize compromise, which I think CHH, the church and the gospel industry has done a great job of. I think it needs to be dealt with and addressed no matter how long it takes. Truth doesn't expire and neither should our passion for it. You know, when the truth made the post, the Christian rapper KB and for some of you guys, you know, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm saying Christian rapper KB and Christian rapper the truth, because not everybody that listens to my show is familiar with the Christian rap community. But KB responded to the truth, disagreeing with him. And he said, we as Christians use Instagram. And Instagram is used to go against the kingdom of God. And so here's what. I think KB's response is very problematic and I think it deflects from the real issue and here's why. Christians using Instagram for personal or ministry purposes is not the same as giving production to an artist who is going to use our production to promote and glorify sin. I think KB's response and response such as his will actually create confusion. And I think they belittle the real issue, especially because of his reach and influence. And so I pray that's not the case. And I pray that we can love each other and respectfully have this conversation and consider what scripture is saying or may be saying about this topic. I think how many professing Christians are responding to this particular topic on social media is a good example of how we have made music and entertainment greater than sound doctrine. You know, just looking through the comments, it looks like it's like 40-60, 40% agreeing with the truth's position, which is a position that I hold and I think is biblical. And then you have 60 to 70% disagreeing and saying it's just business. And my issue is that the majority of the Christians who are disagreeing, are giving how they feel and don't really appear to be entertaining what scripture may be saying about this topic. And so should business and faith be viewed as two separate entities or should faith guide our morale in every area of our lives, including business? You know, I've heard people say, man, we don't, we don't apply this standard to Christian plumbers or Christian dentists like we don't apply this standard to Christian doctors and I I get it you know I run an auto glass repair business but here's the difference between music and other occupations occupations such as plumbers and dentists and windshield repair and things like that those are services music carries a message and so Though I I, I, and so I think we have to be honest about the fact that glorifying God as a doctor or a plumber may look different than glorifying God as a musician or a producer. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that I haven't witnessed to somebody on the job or I haven't made my faith known, but primarily when you're offering a service such as a dentist or a plumber you're doing that. You're not conveying a message. You're providing a service. Whereas with music, you're conveying a, a, a worldview and a message. So Colossians 3 23 says this. Encourage it, it encourages us to do all things as unto the Lord. So I'm not sure how producing for artists who glorify things contrary to our faith would be fulfilling that command. Also, 1 Corinthians 8 says, if you weaken the conscience of others, And help cause them to stumble you sin against Christ man that's and so I think this topic goes beyond just Christian Liberty into actually causing causing people to to stumble and in that you are sinning we are sinning and so that's my my viewpoint on this topic I've also heard a lot of Christian producers or producers that happen to be Christian say well Man, Christian artists don't pay. I'm not making a lot of money when I market to just Christians. And my response to that is get a job. (laughs) I don't mean to sound I'm not trying to sound arrogant or or be rude, but brother, sister, praise God. Use your gift to glorify God. And if it's not bringing in enough income, get a job. I don't understand why we or start another business i don't understand why we look down on ourselves or others if they're not doing music full-time or eating off of their musical gift it's almost like it's shun like man oh man i'm i'm and we make these announcements man i'm full-time we celebrate it and we put being full-time on a pedestal even if being full-time is at the expense of compromising our faith for the dollar bill. And so what is more important to us is our faith or money. And, and I talked about, you know, this is why I I, I purposely dealt with this last, I wanted to talk about the effects of coveting. I think, I think we, We 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 have such an entitlement mentality when it comes to our gifts in the body of Christ and we don't look at our gifts as a privilege um, and we don't look at um, using our gifts to serve Christ in the body of Christ as a privilege. We only value money and recognition. And I think just from that standpoint, we're in error. Just from that standpoint, we're in error. And so I think we need to uh, allow God in, to, to examine our hearts. And I think we need to examine our hearts and examine our motives. Am I truly doing all things as unto the Lord? I think it's, I think it's the spirit of error when we seek to separate business and faith. And I understand that there is a business side too, ministry or um, there are times where we have to do business but I never think that business should cause us to compromise our faith but listen I want you guys to visit pathofrevelationnow.com if you have any prayer requests or suggestions for future shows or or any comments or questions about anything you've heard on past episodes feel free to leave it there you can also check out the blogs and music videos and music Listen, I love you guys and I'm praying for you. This is the Path of Revelation show. And this is where the culture meets scripture.